Hosts Elle and Miriam are two Black homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. Welcome to episode 81 of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elle, and I am so excited that you have been sticking with us week after week to learn more about how parents around the country are educating their children. And today is not going to be any different. We are talking with an author, Christine Altridge. She is a children's author who recently published her first children's book, Braiding Crowns of Friendship. It's a story about an African-American girl who learns to love her hair. And in doing so, she helps to teach others about beauty in diversity. When Christine wrote the book, she pulled from her own life experiences growing up in a predominantly white school where she didn't see a lot of other children who look like her. If you're a parent, then you know that all of the lessons we teach our children are not only academic. Some lessons deal with life, self-worth, and confidence. Regardless of whether you're raising a little boy or a little girl, teaching your child the proper way to groom his or her hair is important. So stay tuned and listen to this conversation and send us a message. Let us know how you're teaching your child or a loved one in your life how to love their hair. Definitely let us know what topics you want us to cover on the Cleverly Changing podcast. Remember, our focus is homeschooling. And if you want to be a guest, head over to cleverlychanging.com, click on the tab that says podcast, and you will see a link to how to connect with us if you want to be on our show. Now, listen, one of the ways that we keep this podcast going is by sharing merch. So we have hoodies, t-shirts, sweatshirts, pillows, and more. You can order them at cleverlychanging.com slash shop. So go to the show notes page, cleverlychanging.com, click on the shop tab, and learn more about the products and books that we sell. Now, something to explore today. Did you know that men in the Afar tribe use cow fat and butter to style and maintain their hair? The Afar people are indigenous to Northeast Africa. 
They are ethnic Kushite people. Their curls are obtained with sticks and the butter and cow fat helps to keep their hairstyle for days. And it also helps to protect their hair from the heat of the sun. Today's African proverb is, wealth is like hair in the nose. It hurts to be separated, whether from a little or from a lot. And that is a Malagasy proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Nigeria. Tyro. Tyro means the firstborn child, and it's a Yoruba word. Welcome to another episode of the Collectively Changing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Miriam, and I am the mother to four little ones. I'm an urban farmer, a writer, and an editor, and a lover of all things creative. If you happen to hear some screaming, it's really warm today. My children are in the backyard playing, so you may hear a little bit of activity. Um, Elle, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. We wanted to bring you a live stream. We are super excited about today's guest. I am Elle Cole. I am a co-host of the Cleverly Changing podcast. And what's really cool is that I am a mom of twins and I have homeschooled my twins for seven years. This year is their first year in school, and today we have a conversation about raising girls and teaching them self-love and self-confidence. So we're going to let our wonderful guest introduce herself, and we are happy that you all are joining us today. Well, good afternoon here over here in California. It's two o'clock. I'm not sure what time it is over there, Um, but my name is Christine Aldridge. I am the author of Braiding Crowns for Friendship. This is my first book, and I'm so excited, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, that is wonderful. So we have authored a book. We've had lots of authors come through recently, and it's always been a wonderful conversation. So I am looking forward to diving into this discussion that we're going to have about race, diversity, and creating self-awareness and self-love within our children. I think it's really important, you know, for them to have that strong foundation and in their early years so that as they move on, they'll be less easily swayed by all the things that come to take us off course. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I don't have any children myself, but I do have nieces and nephews and I have friends that have children. And I think it's so important that we love ourselves, especially as young black girls, that we love our hair, um, that we embrace our natural hair. And in my book, Braiding Crowns of Friendship, that's what the book's really about. It's about 
my little Christine, uh, she moves to a new state, a new school, and she meets a little friend that makes her feel good about her first experience at school. And But in her last class, there's a little um, blonde girl that pulls on her braids and says she's got ugly braids and makes her feel self-conscious about her hair. And so my book is to help educate young black girls to love their braids, to love their Afro puffs, to love whatever they want to rock, you know? And it's so important. And at the end of my book, which I love, the little blonde girl comes up to little Christine and tells her she's sorry. She's just never seen hair like hers before. And I think that is the lesson, right? Sometimes we have to make sure people understand the differences that are out there and educate others about the beauty of black hair. Black hair is absolutely gorgeous in any form, any size, braids, you can rock, weaves, it's all good, you know? So that's really where um, my book, um, really I wanna make a, a powerful statement to other young girls to just love themselves. And they're beautiful just the way they are. That's beautiful. I mean, I, I just want, small tangent here. I just want to commend you and say thank you for being part of the supporting village. I think that especially for women, as you get older, people are always like, oh, you don't have any kids. When you getting married? When you having kids and all this stuff. Well, some people don't want to. They want to be able to pour into children and then send them home. So <laughs> I totally, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, everybody has their own, you know, reason for why they're here. Mm -hmm. you know, why God's, what's God's purpose for you. Um, I'm a career woman. I work at Compton College and I'm also an author and I love it, you know. And uh, but I think for me, growing up as a young black girl and being in predominantly white environments it was important. You know, I was always worried about my hair. Um, and I think it's so important. And I even have women that are my age that are love this book because I wish they had had it when we were younger. You know, we just always had to have our hair straight. We were so concerned about the way our hair looks. It's okay, you know, to rock those Afro puffs. But back then, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the thing. You know, you wanted to have your hair straight. You wanted to have it pressed. And so I think it's just so important that people just rock what they want to rock especially young girls. There's just so many different styles and it's so nice to see so many different girls, you know, wearing their hair in different, in different states, especially natural. It is, I think it's, it's difficult. I remember my oldest daughter, we were outside at my mom's house playing and they had the hose going and the neighbor's children came over and the little girl kept the hose all up in Amira's hair. And I was like, what is she doing? Next thing I know, she's over here, you know, caressing it and pulling on it. And I was like, seriously? But I mean, I get it. She was a kid and, you know, she. this is probably the closest she's ever been to black people curls. And she was intrigued and she's trying to figure out, well, what's going to happen if it gets wet? And what happens, you know? I think that, you know, the hair thing, and, and for real, I think across all races, the hair and women are a thing. For some, it's got to be long. For some, it's got to be bone straight. For some, the, you know, it's something different in every culture. And it just bothers me. 
happens to me a lot. You know, you no, know. I, I, yeah, I hear you, Miriam. I think, you know, for me, this book, I've had Hispanic women, I've had all types of races talk about hair and, and, and how, you know, their hair was too curly. It wasn't accepted. So, I mean, exactly. It's not just in the black community. It's, it's in everywhere and it's just learning to embrace it. I remember when I got my hair pressed and my mom said, you know, if you get in that water, you know what's going to happen, girl. Your hair is going to turn into a little afro. So it's up to you because I'm not going to get your hair pressed again. So, you know, it's just important that we as black folks just embrace our hair and love on, on how we and our, our hair texture, you know, because a lot of times that's been the problem. We haven't embraced it. We haven't loved it. And that's why I'm so glad that the Crown Act, the Black Crown, the Crown Act is out there you know, supporting people in that, you know, it's okay to wear braids to work or it's okay to wear your hair in natural states in different environments. So it's so important to see that. You mentioned the Crown Act. Would you mind explaining that in a little more detail to those who may not be familiar with what that is? Well, again, there was just a law that was passed because people were discriminating about our hair, in the, especially in the work environment, like wearing braids and different things like that. And so now this law has allowed us to wear braids and to wear, you know, our hair in different states and not uh, not be judged. Because I remember when I would wear my hair in braids at work, my mom would always say, make sure you wear your hair back. You know, you don't want to have your braids to, you know, but now women are able to wear their hair in natural states because of this law and because of other black women embracing their hair texture in the work environment. Um, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, that was a big thing uh, back in the day, making sure your hair was straight or, you know, you didn't want to have to wear your hair in braids, but now you can, you know, you see everybody wearing their hair in different styles and it's being accepted now. And it's unfortunate that it's taken this long for this to happen. Um, and I think a lot of it during the pandemic, especially for myself, you know, I learned how to do my own hair um, and, and wash it, blow dry it. You know, I always go get it done. So now I know how to do my own hair, which is, you know, which is really good. So I don't have to worry so much. It doesn't have to be bone straight. You know, it, it can, I can rock a little bit, um, you know, a little wave in my hair or whatever. So, um, and that's just so important to me. And I've seen so many other black women wearing their hair and learning how to do their hair since the pandemic, which is really good. Yeah, I was thinking when you brought up the doing of your own hair that there's a there's a bit of a learning curve, I think, for everyone. Absolutely. Hair because you know everyone's hair they got all these porosities and things that you know make it different across persons. And I think that learning what works for you is really important in, in being able to feel comfortable with your choices and hairstyles. And I think it even expands into the, the males because, mm -hmm. you know, guys like to have cornrows or ponytails locks there's all sorts of you know options there and i remember there was a newscaster lady i believe not too long ago and it was a big deal oh she's wearing her natural hair on tv or braids or something it was and i was right. like why is this a big deal do we really have to bring attention to the fact that she didn't have the traditional 
loose anchor look on or something. I, I mean, the fact that we draw so much attention to this, in a way, I think the attention drawing was good for us as a people and especially for the younger people to see it. Right. But at the same time, nobody's shouting out some white lady who's wearing her hair the way it grew out of her head. Well, I mean, that's a problem, right? We have to learn how to love our hair and in our, in our, um, in our society and, and embrace it however we want to wear it and be okay with that. And that's something that we haven't been able to do. You know? yeah, what are some of the ways that we can help our young people feel more confident? I mean, for me, I think there are a lot of good, um, there's a lot of authors out there right now, a lot of children's authors that are, are talking about your beautiful crown, um, wearing your hair in different ways. I mean, it just really just depends. I think for me, it's just the more we show that we are embracing our hair and the more we, we educate our young girls, then they're going to be okay with it. I think the more that, you know, we wear our hair in braids or locks or whatever we're doing, that shows them that it's okay and that it's acceptable. And that's what I see now is I see a lot of young black girls embracing their hair, which is, which is the one thing that, that we've all wanted to have. And mm -hmm. I think we see it more and more because it is becoming more acceptable to wear your hair in a natural state. Um, so I think that's, to me, what is so important. It is. You just brought up the fact that there, our children are, are watching us. And it reminded me, I was just listening to a podcast on the way to the farm today, and the lady was talking about giving with integrity. Yes. And it kind of echoes into this where if our children see us as the adults or parents embracing who we are and loving all the things about ourselves, whether it's our hair, our nails, our style of clothes, style of music, then when we say these things to them, they're able to better digest them because it's coming from a place of authenticity and it's something that they're seeing modeled for them and then it's not so rough of a transition. I, you know, and I wonder too, if it's, you know, at a certain age, things just change, right? <laughs> so, you know. So you learn, you, society has a lot to do with mm. what you learn, right? So you watch different shows and you don't see yourself represented there, then that's one thing. Mm -hmm. the, the good thing is now kids see themselves represented in a lot of shows. Yes. But we didn't see that, like, in my age group. You didn't see yourself mm -hmm. in a lot of TV shows, right? I mean, The Cosby Show, Different World, those were the those are two of my favorite shows because I got to see Black folks like me, <laughs> you know, um, on those shows. So those were the things for me that I got to see it. But if you didn't see it often, mm -hmm. and then you you were raised in a predominantly white environment, you you kind of question your hair, you question the way you look compared to other people, right? And so I think for me now, I love to see that there's so much more diversity um, and people loving who they are. And that's really, to me, the most important thing that we all 
need to do is just love ourselves. You know, we all have differences. We all aren't going to look the same, but it's just so important just to love your beautiful crown, whatever it is that you want to rock. Um, and that's really, for me, the message I want to give young girls. I mean, whether you're light, you're dark, whatever, you're still beautiful. And I think that's what's so important, right, is love yourself for who you are. And in my book, you know, one of the things, little friend who is actually my best friend in real life, um, I put her in there, um, having that friend, right, to support um, Christine in the book and rock those braids that next day at school and, and being able to see other little girls wearing braids made Christine feel like she was okay, you know, because she didn't know if that little girl was going to wear her hair in braids, but she did. And then, then the, also the mother, the mom, my mom in the, in the book, just the love that she showed and she shared with her that you're beautiful just the way you are. Your braids are beautiful. So it's so important to have your friendships, to have your family to support you, um, your, your love in God. And those are the things that are so important because when a little girl does feel like she's being bullied or she's not feeling love, she can go to her mom or her dad and be able to talk about it and be able to share how she's feeling. Well, I'm interested in this because you were saying that you grew up in a predominantly white area, white school. So I'm curious how for your, for that, <laughs> in your experience, what was it, what was it like to be, I don't want to say alone, but kind of, you know. No, I mean, that's a good word. That's a good word. I mean, it was me and my brother predominantly. We were in Orange County. We went to a uh, Catholic uh, elementary school, uh, Catholic high school. Um, and we were usually always the only, only, only Black people that were in the classroom. So there weren't people that looked like me, right? And when I was younger, I had my hair in ponytails. And I didn't get to see other little girls that had ponytails like me. So you start to think, okay, what's wrong with me? Why do I look different than them? You know, my hair is not as straight as their hair. Um, and so I think for me growing up, you know, I've always wanted when I was younger to make sure my hair was so straight that I would press it because I wanted to fit in with other people and how they looked. You know, and it's only been, like I said, over time, because you start to see people who look like you, that you start to embrace who you are. So it's so important that young girls see that now, because that's something I didn't get to see. But, you know, I, I see that um, nieces I have, I see friends that have uh, their, their girls are around other girls, different types of girls, different races. Um, different hair textures so that they can educate them about the importance of just loving on themselves, right? And however their hair is, because there's no, having light skin or having dark skin, it doesn't matter. All, all that matters is that you are trying to be the best person that you can be. And that's really what I want um, people to understand. And for me in this book, if I hadn't gone home and talked to my mother in the book and I hadn't had the little friend you know, what would I have done? I may have thought that my braids were ugly and just never said anything. So I think it's so important that when little girls feel a certain way that they share it with a friend or they share it with their parents, their mom, 
their grandparent, whatever, whoever they have in their lives um, so that they can get that out and make sure that they feel that they're beautiful because we all are beautiful. You know, I find it interesting um, I, only because I, when I was in school, at, in elementary school, shoot, all the way through high school even, I was in a all black situation. And I remember there being a little girl that came in when I was older and she was very light skinned and her hair was really straight. And a lot of the kids would say things to her and be like, oh, you're white. And I remember thinking to myself, why are they doing that to her? And is this what it feels like to be the only black kid or one of a handful of black kids in a white school? I remember thinking about that because it was just kind of crazy how everybody was, you know, pointing at everyone wanted to touch her hair and things. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? What wrong with these kids? Oh, because they never seen it. I mean, I would get that too. You know, they want to touch my hair because it looked different because there was no one else that looked like me. And, and and so they would want to touch it, you know, like, can I touch your hair? And I didn't, I I personally don't mind because I, I, I prefer to educate people. That's just me. Now, everybody's different, right? Some people are like, don't be touching on my hair, but I don't have a problem. I never had trying to educate people you know, about my hair or my skin or whatever that they want to know, because I think that is the, the issue, right? So like in the book, you know, the little blonde girl just never seen braids before. So she just, to her, it wasn't pretty because she'd never seen it. And that's where at the end of the book, when the little blonde girl says, I'm just, I'm sorry, I've just never seen hair like yours before. And that's the thing, right? We mm -hmm. just have to continue to educate others and show them our hair. And, and, and get them to love it as well. And I think that that's happening more and more, you know, in our society today, that people are really starting to understand that black hair is in all different types of textures. Yes. And, you know, my hair might be different texture than your hair, but we can all um, celebrate our differences, right? And love on who we are. Well, let me ask if you, have any other resources outside of your book that you found really helpful in cultivating this love of self within the young children? I mean, for me, I think family is the fundamental part of, of, of a resource, um, making sure that your kids are going to good schools and that the teachers are teaching them about all types of different diversity. I have a friend, she makes sure her daughter, her daughter is um, Sri Lankan and black. She makes sure that her daughter is around all different types of people and all different types of, you know, of things so that she can educate her about her culture, about who she is as a little girl. And I think that that's so important, right? You need to have that. You need to make sure, um, I think having solid friendships, you know, um, you know, you want to have friends that have the same values like you do. And in the book, the relationship between little friend and Christine, they had similar values. They might be different, but they had similar values. Right. So that that's also important to have that special friend to help you out, to be there for you. So in terms of resources, I think it's just important that kids find places that they can speak 
and feel free because sometimes some kids don't feel like they can tell their parent about what's going on, yeah. but it's important that they have a voice and that they find someone. And it might be that teacher. It might be someone in their life that they share that experience with, you know, and then that way they, they can, they can feel that they have someone that supports them and is there for them. Well, do you have any tips for adults like um, say even teachers or other um, support persons and how they can change their approach to having, you know, diverse population so that when, so like you said, a child will be able to speak to their teacher if they don't feel comfortable speaking up to their parent about how they're feeling uncomfortable about something that someone said or did regarding the way they look or dress or whatever. Are there any tips that you may have that may help adults be able to better navigate that space? I think it's important that they pay attention. I have friends that are teachers and that's like the most critical piece. I have a friend that I'm thinking of right now. I mean, she, she knows her kids, man. She watches them. You know, she sees something a little off. She'll talk to them and see what's going on. But everybody in our society plays a role with raising children, right? From the teacher to the parents, to the neighbor, to the friend, to the aunt. Um, it's important that you check in on your kids and you know what they're doing. A lot of times people don't know what their children are doing out here. And you've got to know what your, your, your kids are doing. I mean, I work in a community college. And I have students that are adults and I have to check in with them, make sure they're doing okay. And, and, you know, just pick it, pick in on the signs that you see. And you can always tell when someone might need a little bit more help or a little bit more assistance. And I think it's just really listening, you know, to people's needs, to children's needs, to adults' needs so that we can all, all it's, 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 it takes a village to raise children, right? So we all make a difference. We all play a role in what we do. So I think it's really important as an auntie that I show um, to my nieces, you know, it's important that you love who you are, you know, and I show that by loving who I am. So it's important that we all play those roles. Was that what oh, No, oh, you're fine. I think paying attention is, yeah, that makes. I think that's what a lot of people aren't doing. You know, we've had to do check-ins, you know, I mean, since COVID, this has been a whole yes. different world that we've lived in, you know, and so, you know, my family, my friends, we always make sure we check in with each other and make sure we're doing okay. Because you don't really know what someone's going through with this whole situation, being isolated and not being able to see people. It's been difficult on people. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we all reach out um, and just check in with each other, especially with children, because they've really missed that in-person type of education with their teachers. And so it's important that we're bringing that back. And I'm glad that things are getting better because kids need to be in an environment in person, you know, and to be able to get the assistance that they need. This is so different in person than virtual. For sure. It's different being able to really see and feel and hear. It's, it's a completely different dynamic. Because I know, like, especially for the homeschoolers, missing out on going to the library and the whole place. Right. The library and museums and, 
you know, the science centers and all these sorts of things that, you know, and even at one point around here, they had even caution taped off the playground. So they couldn't even go play at the playground. Everything was wrapped up, bubble wrap or something. <laughs> it was a little crazy. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I'm glad and I'm hoping that, you know, things can open up so kids can run around and have fun and get back to field trips and do the things that they used to do um, so that they can get out themselves. You know, they yeah. need to be out and about. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a tough time for people. You know, it's been a tough time with COVID. And, and, and during COVID is actually when I wrote my book um, in January of 2021, I kind of sat down and was like, you know what? I've done enough work. Let me see what else I can do. And I really wanted to make a difference. There's just so many things going on with Black Lives Matter. And I just had to do something. You know, I wanted to do something different. And I'd had a friend for years, Sharon Gordon, say, hey, you should write a book. You should do a children's book. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, okay. But, you know, I really sat down one night and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I'm so glad that I did, you know, because if I can make a difference to one person with this book, then I'm, I'm then I feel like I've made a difference. And it's just so empowerful when you hear, you know, older adults that are saying that read this book and they're like, God, I wish we'd have this book when we were younger. So it's just, it's just amazing. It's been an amazing journey, amazing experience. And I just hope that this book helps young girls know how important it is just to love themselves. Yeah, you know, it's impossible to just re reach one person because that person's going to have an impact on somebody else. So it's going to spread. And I am so thankful that you, you know, took the time to give another perspective on black hair and self-love. Because as, it, as many books as there are on the topic, I still don't feel like there's enough. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, there just needs to be more. I mean, but the, the good thing is that there's a lot of Black authors out there now writing children's books about loving themselves. And so that that's great. I mean, we need more. You yeah, know? I just feel we like there's more. Everybody come do it because these kids have got to know themselves. It's very, I know I tell this to my children a lot. You, you have to pay attention to you. You have to honor you. You have to know you. You have to be okay with being you. Yeah. So you don't like rice. That's okay. It's all right. It's not a big deal. You don't need to poke fun at this one over that and poke fun at that one over this. It's, it's okay for us to be who we are and to be comfortable in that space. So do Absolutely. you have anyone who was very influential in developing such a strong sense of self that you would like to mention? Oh man, there's so many. You know, I'd start with my mother. Um, she's my rock, she's my foundation. She's taught me to be strong and independent, you know, and really just um, watching her um, and her her strength and her belief in God. And she's really made me who, the, who I am today. And of course, my father as well, um, just allowing me to be who I am and just helping me to mold me to be the best that I can be. And they've done a great job. I mean, they, I know they're proud of their daughter. Um, 
you know, I'm an author now and I'm also work at a college and as a director. So, I mean, I'm doing good things. And, and, and for me, I just want to make sure I give back. You know, that's what's so important to me is I want to give back to others. And so what I'm so happy about is people who have reached out and said, you know what, I read your book and it made a difference. You know, I, I feel that I've actually got to read it at elementary school and a lot of the little kids, several of the kids, the best part that they liked was that the little blonde girl and Christine became friends at the end. You know, that was like one of the favorite parts. And then, of course, when Christine went back to school and little friend and all the little girls wore their hair in braids to show the little blonde girl that, you know, braids are beautiful. So um, for me, I, I would say those people, there's so many, you know, people to name, but I think it's so important you start with your family. And then, of course, my strength and belief in God, um, you know, because we all have challenges in life where you go through your ups and your downs. Um, but I think for me, when I get down, I go to God, you know, I pray. Um, I try to figure out what the next, what I can do better, you know, how I, how I can improve, you know, and also not beat myself up so much too, you know, because that's another thing that, that we, that, that women like to do, you know, and I, I just try, I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to do my thing and make it happen. But I would say that my parents are my foundation. And of course, my brother, I lost my brother um, back in 2011, but he's still with me in my spirit, you know? And so that's why when I wrote this book, it was important that I started with the foundation of family. And then of course, my best friend, uh, Jashanti Jayamaha, who's just been like a sister to me. And there's so many others, the fabulous six, they know who they are, um, that have helped me through my, through my journey through the ups and through the downs, you know, it's always important to have people, not only when you're celebrating, but also when you're hurting or you're going through things, you know, so it's, it's so important to have that. So I'm blessed to have family and friends that love me and support me. That's wonderful. Would you mind letting all of our listeners know as we wrap it up, where we can find the book, and where we can reach out to you um, on social media or email or any other special avenues. Absolutely, so I do have a website. It's christinealdrich.me, so they can reach me there um, on my website, christinealdrich.me. Also on Instagram, christine underscore m underscore aldrich. And then I also am on Facebook, christine m aldrich books. So you can reach me in any of those. Okay. That is amazing. Oh, I forgot to ask. Yes. If you have a favorite page in your book. You've mentioned a lot of great moments, but do you have a favorite? You know, page? I would say there's so many. I, I the, the end where Christine touches her hair and she says, I love your beautiful crown. That's like one of my favorite, the end the end of the story when she's just like in modern and she just loves her braids and she feels beautiful because you know she's been validated right she's been validated by her mom she's been validated by her dad by her brother by her little friends at school and then just the fact that the little blonde girl and her start walking into class together um I think that shows just so much because there is so many differences out here and we have to celebrate those differences. So 
in my second book, I really do want to uh, talk more about the relationship between the little blonde girl and Christine and show that show them developing a friendship because I think it's so important to show diversity and educate others. Indeed, indeed. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed this chat. I think that you have given us all some things to think about in terms of how we relate to ourselves so that we can help our children learn to relate to themselves and the world around them. Absolutely. Thoroughly grateful. And I'm going to pick up your book and give these to these little curly-headed babies that I have. Oh, great. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for letting me come and join you guys. I really appreciate it. I had a wonderful time. Yeah, we just wanted to thank you for your expertise and just for highlighting the fact that, you know, hair isn't something that's just a Black woman thing. I think sometimes that's that's a myth that we tell each other in our community. And it's something that all women you know, are conscious of. So thanks for highlighting that fact. And everybody, if you are listening, if you're watching, we will put a link to Christine's book in the comment section. And we encourage you definitely get the book. If your kid is in a class, get the book for their class so that they can learn about it as well. So thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. We enjoyed having you on the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Thank you so much, ladies. You have a great one. Bye. Bye. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.